Hey everyone, what's your favorite podcast? And while we're on that subject, what are the 10 best episodes of that podcast in the last full year? Here to answer those questions today is me. For our 150th episode, these are the top 10 episodes from our last 50 of The Book Pile a comedy podcast about the best of books and the worst of books. I'm Kellen Erskine. I'm a comic, a father, and the biggest fan of my own podcast, or so my recent download history would have you believe. I recently re-listened to episodes 100 through 149 just to make this episode. When was the last time you listened to 25 hours straight of your voice? It's not healthy. As per our new usual, my co-host David Vance is out this week, but he's back next week. And actually, he's back this Thursday for our Patreon subscribers. If you haven't heard or haven't heard enough, we launched a Patreon and we're so grateful to see you joining, by the way. Thank you so much to everyone who has so far. Our new community is quickly growing, and we look forward to engaging even more with you through that medium. Speaking of which, real quick, here are a few of the perks of being a Patreon subscriber. Weekly bonus mini-episodes with me and Dave. I say mini-episodes, but they're really at least half-episodes. Periodic live-stream hangouts with me and Dave. Dave and I. Exclusive voting on books for future episodes. Our first ballot will be available soon. Uh, private community comment forums. And of course, the benefit of just knowing that you're supporting Dave and I and me as we continue to pursue excellence in reading books and telling great jokes about those books to you. And speaking of comment forums, one of the questions for the Patreon post on this episode this week is if you were going to recommend our podcast to someone else, which episode would you tell them to go to first? Or which one have you? I'm so curious, and I'll be giving my answer on this episode as well. So again, Dave will be back next week, uh, and we will discuss the book My Brilliant Friend by Elena Ferrante. Elena Ferrante, whose name I'm definitely saying wrong. And then the week following that, my guest host will be the very funny comedian, Zoltan Cassius, whom you may have seen on Drybar or your Instagram feed. He had a video get tens of millions of views a couple of years ago about how he likes cats over dogs, which I'm sure is a subject that united everyone who heard it. If you want to see me live, um, I'm going to be in Carlsbad, California, September 16th. That is a rare all-ages show. Bring the whole family. I will be in Provo, Utah, October 14th. I'm taping a new dry bar comedy special. And of course, I'll be in Des Moines, Iowa, December 9th through the 10th. Go to KellenErskine.com for more info and tickets. Now, before I get into this list, I'm going to admit now that this probably seems like our most self-indulgent episode, since I'm going to be spending the rest of the time just talking about our podcast. But stay with me. My three big goals for this episode are, number one, of course, always, is to make you laugh. That's the goal of every episode. And something I have to emphasize every time I tell anyone that I do a podcast about books. Number two, I want to convince at least one of you listeners, specifically the listeners 
uh, who only listen to episodes about the books that you're interested in. I want to convince you to try at least one other episode of a seemingly non-interesting book, not even to read the book, just to listen to the episode about it, to see if Dave and I don't make you laugh, even though you don't care about, say, little women. And then after you listen to that episode, just imagine me yelling at you, Are you not entertained? And number three, this is for anyone new to the podcast within the last year. Uh, This episode is my attempt to introduce you to maybe some fun episodes you haven't listened to yet, if you've only been keeping up with the most recent ones. So now, without further ado, for our 150th episode, these are the top 10 episodes of the last 50 plus that we've done in the last 12 months. And to clarify, these aren't even necessarily my favorite books from the last year. Of course I'm never going to read Jonathan Livingston Siegel again. These were just the ones that I thought were the most consistently funny and may or not have also had some great slash helpful slash interesting ideas shared from those books. Though I did think it would be funny if I made the top three episodes on this list all the solo episodes I've done. All right, coming in at number 10, it's episode 102, The Art of War. This actually was a fascinating book. Uh, The fact that it's all about war strategy, but it's endured for, you know, 2,300 years. And now it's read not so much by generals, but like entrepreneurs. Because, you know, finding investors is like sneaking through a forest to gain the high ground, I guess. This episode also features what I believe to be one of my greatest ad-libbed jokes to be underappreciated by Dave. It's a real bummer to listen to because Dave is making a point about how surprise is key in so many creative endeavors, music, story, art. And then I say something like, and Paul Simon surprised art by firing him from the band. To which Dave just says, did he really fire him? <laughs> and that I just sadly sort of wither into the wind with something like, well, no, I just thought that it would be funny to say it that way. And when I was editing the episode later, I should have just left in the 20 second pause that followed that exchange. All right, coming in at number nine, episode 112, the fantasy novel Mistborn. I actually didn't remember this one being that entertaining because long stretches of the book are not. But I think this one is pretty joked in, and me and Dave have a good time discussing what I think and what Dave thinks is less so. A solid fantasy book about people who eat metal and fly, if I'm remembering that correctly. They at least bounce pretty high. Again, for this one, you don't have to be a fan of Sanderson. Of Fanderson? How has he not started using that? You don't even have to be a fan of the fantasy genre to enjoy the conversation. The only real fantasy in this episode is my fantasy that one day Dave will laugh at my jokes. All right, coming in at number eight, episode 139, it's All the Songs, part one. This is the first half of two episodes that we do on a book that literally covers all the songs that the Beatles wrote. So, As I was re-listening to these last 50 episodes, I rated each one on a scale from 1 to 10. Though to make myself feel better, I should have measured them all from 8 to 10. Anyway, this one I put as a 10, but then I added maybe a 9 if you're not a Beatles fan. You know who you are, you contrarians. But I do think that it's likely that even if you don't like them, you've at least heard every song that we'll mention on the episode because... 
it's the Beatles. This episode is just full of fun stories from the book and jokes from me and Dave, the Fab Two, as everyone calls us. Speaking of which, another unappreciated gem of improv from me. At one point I said something about how Ringo Starr, uh, after he was named the new permanent drummer of the band, he should have renamed himself Pete Bestest. But I'm not here to complain about not having gold jokes recognized as so. I'm also here to be the bigger man and give Dave credit for some great ones on this episode. Maybe my favorite joke of Dave's this year. Uh, he predicts that Paul will be the next Beatle to pass away because they all started dying in reverse order of cheerfulness. <laughs> All right, number seven on the list is episode 103, Goodnight Moon with guest Chad Daniels. Chad is my favorite comedian, so it was a privilege to have him on the podcast again. If you haven't heard it, the first time he was on, was one of, uh, it was one of our first episodes uh, where we discussed The Old Man and the Sea, which he loves. And this time around, we talked about Goodnight Moon, which he hates. And the ensuing conversation is just nonstop fun. We talk putting kids to bed. We bring up that Pace Picani sauce commercial series from the 90s where a bunch of cowboys decide to murder another cowboy for bringing the wrong salsa. Remember that? And me and Chad gang up on Dave for using the verb read when he actually listens to most of his books. I actually listen to most books as well, but it was just fun to start a two-on-one fight. All right, number six on the list. It's episode 113, The Righteous Mind. It's a book about how all our opinions are divided on politics and religion, but most of us are still good people trying to be good, so maybe let's stop regarding everyone like a villain who doesn't believe exactly the way we do on every local voting measure. And to pat ourselves on the back, on the backs, I feel like me and Dave achieved a great balance of funny, despite some of the very serious topics discussed in this book, also, we have one of my favorite ad-libbed conversations about how The Lion King is really just a story about dueling dictatorships and how the circle of life is pretty skewed. Also, Dave shares an insane dream about him in the shower. I'm not going to go into detail here. I just wanted you to picture him. Number five, episode 137. It's The Roast of Jonathan Livingston Siegel. So, I love all of our roasts, but this one stands out to me for two big reasons. First, neither Dave nor I planned on roasting this book before reading or listening to it. But as we did, <laughs> we ended up having a text exchange the day before the podcast where we both revealed to each other that most of our preparation for that episode was involving making fun of the book. The second reason that this roast differs from the other roasts is that Dave and I roasted it for two very different reasons. I thought that it was a silly book with a half-baked analogy and a lot of fortune cookie wisdom that could have applied to any animal fable. And Dave made fun of it because of the sheer hypocrisy of the author, Richard Bach, who wrote this book about chasing personal freedom and dreams and then abandoned his wife and six kids to be with another woman and then another woman after that. And you know what? Dave and I were both right. Number four, it's episode 114, A Christmas Carol by Darl's Chickens, as John Cleese would say. 
I didn't remember how much fun this episode was. There's just a ton of jokes. Dave has some interesting anecdotes about Charles Dickens' upbringing. Dickens' upbringing? Dickens's. And we do poke fun at this popular holiday story as well. A couple of my favorite quotes from this episode with zero context are, quote, chocolates are like a box of death. And also from Dave, it all floats down here in Christmas. <laughs> Just occurred to me to let you know, those quotes are from the episode about the book, not from the book. So to find out what those mean, you'll have to listen to the episode. Or read the episode, as Dave would say. Coming in at third place, it's episode 125, Enlightenment Now. Or if you're from Utah, Enlightenment Now. This is a book about how we are living in probably the best time to ever be alive on this planet as a human. Uh, Dave laughs out loud twice in this episode, which I think is a Guinness record. And that's not the only reason it's up here at third place, but it is the main reason. At one point, Dave and I go off on a tangent about beavers, like, for several minutes. And these sort of longer non-sequitur conversations are usually ones that we'll cut from the episode when I'm editing them together. But we kept this one in, in its entirety, and it goes off the rails. This book is full of data, this data that compares our time to centuries past, stats on death rates, infant mortality rates, poverty rates, numbers of wars, diseases, work accidents, uh, death tolls from natural disasters, etc. Making the case that with all that, plus the technology available to us today, we really are living at the best time in history. And Dave makes a good argument where he asks, if you could live the rest of your entire life in any other time in history, when would it be? My answer would be now, or I thought about maybe the early 90s when Nirvana was still around and CGI wasn't in everything and Jurassic Park was mind-blowing and our government had balanced the budget. But then I remembered I would have to be driving around reading paper maps and I was like, nah, I'll stick with now. Also, I know that I mentioned that Dave laughed hard at a whole two of my jokes. However, on this one, he also does not laugh at maybe the best improvised joke about Canada anyone has ever come up with. I was the one who came up with it. All right, coming in at number two. It's a two-way tie. Sorry, I can't. This, <laughs> this music is like from Dude Perfect or something. That's better. All right, in second place, it's a tie between episodes 116, Thinking and Bets, and episode 124, The Roast of Transformers, the novelization of the movie. Transformers, because while Dave and I approached this book knowing that it was going to be a disaster, we had no idea the wonderful extra gift that the author, Alan Dean Foster, whose name I may not be saying in the correct order, we had no idea that he would attempt to write this book in the style of like a college freshman who just discovered a thesaurus and was told it was the key to becoming Shakespeare. If you haven't heard that episode yet, here's just a taste of Foster's immortal writing. Quote, she was wringing out her hair, a perfectly prosaic activity that in Sam's addled brain was transformed into the quintessence of unconscious eroticism. Are you sold yet? It's like that old saying goes, the book is 
even worse than the very bad movie. Now, our episode on the book Thinking and Bets, I thought that it hit all the marks that we aim for, but don't always hit, of having consistent jokes throughout, helpful ideas, personal stories. Honestly, I think the only thing we missed on this one was maybe a JFK joke, but even then I could be wrong. And I know I said this list wasn't just about the books, it was about the episodes, but this book, Thinking and Bets, has probably changed my thinking in a very helpful, healthy, emotional way more than any other book in the last year. So I think that's worth mentioning. Uh, it was written by a woman who played professional poker for years, and it's about making the best decisions you can based on information that you have, and not just being smarter about your options, but being at peace with them. Also, you know, for the most part, we keep this podcast pretty PG, including this whole episode of Thinking and Bets. But then I had forgotten that Dave's very last joke at almost the last moment of the episode, it it comes out of nowhere. All right, this brings us to number one, episode 119, Me, the autobiography of Elton John. This is the one episode in this last 50 that on a scale of 1 to 10, I gave an 11. Did I just blow everyone's minds? I know that on a recent episode, I categorized this book as one that I likely will not read again because some of the heavy subject matter in it. But in this episode for the book, I feel like Dave and I curated the biggest, craziest, funniest stories and share them pretty rapid fire so that it's just a fun ride. Stories about his party lifestyle. One time he sobered up after a week and discovered he had bought an entire trolley car. Stories about his world tours and celebrity friends, like when he was in a hotel room with John. Lennon and they both pretended like they weren't there when Andy Warhol knocked on the door. And stories about how he wrote some of the biggest songs of the 20th century in the same time that it took to play them just that first time. So I've tried not to quote myself too much on this episode, but I have to say that I was pretty happy with a line I had in this episode about the idea of how pugs have been made. It really has nothing to do with Elton John, but really how how it must have just been decades of breeding the smallest, fattest wolves that snorted the most. I'm probably butchering my own line, but you get the idea. And I hope that you're at least whisper chuckling at it the way that Dave does. And finally, I have to say that on this episode, I do my best impression of the last 50 episodes. It's a very short rendition of Candle in the Wind as sung by Bane from The Dark Knight Rises. All right, random facts. Just two quick random facts today, the first being some honorable mentions for episodes that almost made the cut of the top 10. And again, Patreon subscribers, let us know in the post about this episode which episodes would top your list over the last year. All right, here are some honorable mentions that maybe should have made it into my list. Episode 101, The War of Art. It's a sometimes helpful, sometimes insane book on creativity. Episode 142, Bears Want to Kill You. An episode uh, that I did with the author, Ethan Nicole, as a guest host. Uh, we discuss his hilarious book on the thousand ways that bears want to kill, injure, or at least embarrass you in public. Uh, episode 126 is our Hamlet episode. I think it hits pretty hard, especially if you're a Shakespeare fan or at least pretty familiar with the play. And then our episode on a book called The Charisma Myth. 
If anything, just listen to it for a portion of the episode where we discuss a full chapter that the author dedicates to explaining how to give someone a handshake. A chapter. All right, my second and last random fact. Here is a list of all the words that I realized I mispronounced while listening to these last 12 months of episodes. You know how that Starbucks cup showed up on that episode of Game of Thrones? I mean, the real question about modern-day distractions on that show should have been, how did these people who live in a mythical, fictional, magical, made-up, medieval world all know the F-word? Anyway, stuff like that does slip past the editors, and since I'm the one who edits my own podcast, it might seem crazy to you that not only do I mispronounce stuff sometimes, but that I don't catch it on its way out the door. So if you've ever caught yourself correcting me while listening... Just know it won't be the last time. And also, you should try recording yourself talking every week and see what comes out. It might not be what you think. Anyway, these mishaps include, but are not limited to, these words that I heard myself mispronounce as I re-listened to the episodes. First up, for some reason on our Hobbit episode, which did, didn't make the list, but I think is a solid entry, I alternate between saying smog and smaug. For the dragon, this may have been a deliberate attempt to anger both parties. At least once, uh, I've said posthumously for posthumously. That's just one of those echoes from how I used to say it when I was young. You know how you first say a word, not because you've ever heard it, but because you have read it in books. For the same reason I used to pronounce biopic, biopic, until I moved to L.A. and was quickly shunned. On at least one occasion, I've said Proust as Proust. Uh, on our Ender's Game episode, I say lever for lever, which I've never said it that way in my life. And by the way, it won't sound wrong to our British counterparts, but here in the States, I just sound like someone who once went to England for a month on sabbatical and is now 5% British. We all know that guy, right? Next up, Nietzsche. <laughs> this one this one wasn't an accident. That's just how I've always pronounced it until someone very recently corrected me that it's Nietzsche or Nietzsche if you're one of the real aggressive types. But I would also argue it doesn't matter how you pronounce his name to him because nothing matters. On our episode on the book Science Fictions, I explain how the Scottish author went to college in Edinburgh which is actually Edinburgh. But to be clear, it is spelled Edinburgh. But the only reason I even know that it should be pronounced closer to Edinburgh is because there's a famous comedy festival there every year. And I do comedy for a living. It's just one of those things like Worcestershire sauce, where you can't blame someone for reading it and thinking that they should follow the regular rules of English rather than some insane, made-up, nonsensical sound that doesn't match the letters in the slightest. What is the rule here in Edinburgh that sometimes after the word Edin, the, the G is silent and the U and R invisibly switch places and then the H turns into an A? And I know that I say all of this as someone whose last name is clearly spelled Erskine, but for no reason at all is pronounced Erskine. And now we've come full circle. I am Scottish. All right. Thanks again for listening. Please consider subscribing to our podcast if you haven't already, so you don't have to manually download episodes every week. Feel free to check out the Patreon. 
And if you're not going to listen to all of our last 50 episodes the way I did, at least consider listening and re-listening to the top 10 in order of greatness, which are number one, me, number two, Thinking and Bets, and The Roast of Transformers, number three, Enlightenment Now, number four, A Christmas Carol, number five, The Roast of Jonathan Livingston Siegel, number six, The Righteous Mind, number seven, Goodnight Moon with guest Chad Daniels, number eight, All the Songs, remember the Beatles one, number nine, Mistborn, and number ten, The Art of War. It's a little bit funny.